choosing the right project for your business on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Digit. Save money without thinking about it. Get paid $5 just for signing up at servenomaster.com backslash digit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. A few years ago, I began to work on a project with one of my previous partners. I spent an entire year designing a very good course. Six weeks of content, 48 one-hour videos. The biggest course I've ever made. At the end, after recording everything, it turned out the microphone I'd been using had messed up most of the videos, and I had to redo all of them for this guy. This person I'd been working with before, someone I had a relationship with, I spent more time redoing every single video. At the end of a year, working on this thing for a very long time, it was all done. And in the end, he changed his mind. After I put in all this work, uh, he broke his commitment to me, and I don't want to say who this person is, but they're pretty well known, and basically all of my work was for naught. I invested all of this time in this massive project, and I then tried to resell it. Usually when I work on a project for one person, that person doesn't take it, I always resell it and sell it to somewhere else. I've actually approached three or four different people with this one, and I just couldn't, I never found the right person, and I don't know, maybe I'll release it someday when I find the right person, but I have it just sitting on a hard drive this year of my life, and it's because I chose the wrong project and I made some mistakes with the project. And I don't want the same thing to happen to you. Your time is very valuable and very precious. And if I can help you learn from my mistakes, that will be very valuable. That will be very useful. Now, when I start a project, the first thing I look at, if I'm working with someone else or if someone approaches me to write a book for them or a course for them, I always say to myself, if this person backs out, can I sell this on my own? Can I sell this to another publisher? Can I publish this on Amazon? Can I repurpose it? That's one of the first thoughts that go through my mind to protect myself. So when you're taking a ghostwriting job, make sure you have a plan down the line. Even when people pay you up front, I had someone pay me a huge retainer, a six-figure retainer to get first pick on all my products, and then they never took one. They, even when people pay you a huge amount of money, sometimes they'll take the loss for no reason. Just be prepared for people to do strange things in the unexpected. People will sometimes throw away money for the weirdest reasons. And this person who paid me the huge retainer, they didn't decide they didn't want my products anymore. They decided they just didn't want to do any more products. They basically stopped their business and stopped working and took two years off. Nothing to do with me, nothing to do with business. It was a weird decision that I never would have seen coming. And in fact, all the people we know that work in the same market as this person, I didn't see them for two years. The person totally disappeared. Couldn't be found on Facebook, on Skype, anywhere. No one knew where they went. So weird. When I'm designing a product, when I'm thinking about creating a product, I look for three things, the three Ps. Passion people, and profit. Passion comes from me. Is it something I'm interested in? Is it a topic that I'm interested in? If you've been following Servant Master for a little while, if you're someone who joined my tribe in the last two months or so, my growth for this business really accelerated in about the month before I released Servant Master. So for about three months, I've really been growing this brand in this business very, very quickly. It's been accelerating. You may have noticed that I put out products all the time. I'm building infrastructure very quickly. That's not because of profit. That's because of passion. I'm very excited about this project. It's not necessary for my revenue streams. I could work in a totally different direction. 
but I really like what I'm doing. I'm really excited about this for the first time. I used to do products in the internet marketing space a few years ago and I stopped because I got bored of it. Make money fast, get rich quick schemes. It doesn't excite me. I, even when I release a product that's a very simple business structure, you have to tell people it's a get rich quick scheme or no one wants to buy it. It's an unfortunate part of that market and that's why I've moved laterally into something that I'm more excited about, helping people to really build true businesses, quit their jobs, not have to go back to work after you have a child, all of these things that are very valuable to real people and something I'm very connected with as someone who has two children. I would hate to have to leave my son every day and go to an office. I'd hate to only see my daughter an hour a night, two hours a night. I want to help people achieve the same life that I've accomplished. So I'm very passionate about what I work on. Sometimes when you're first starting out, there isn't any passion. Instead, you're driven by profit. Someone comes to you with a product and says, I'll pay you X to do Y. I'll pay you $5,000 to write a book about quitting smoking using this technique. You're driven by profit and that's purely the, a job. What I'm really talking about with these three Ps is a project where you're in control rather than a partnership or a publishing deal or a ghostwriting job. This is where you're creating something and you're the one who's going to be selling it. You're the one who's going to play a major role in the marketing of it. And passion is so important. It has to be something that you're excited about or interested in, otherwise you won't cross the finish line. Every morning I get up at 4 or 5 a.m. to record this podcast. If I wasn't really excited about it, if I wasn't passionate about it, if I didn't really get a great deal of satisfaction from this podcast, I would have dropped it down to once a week by now. And eventually I may do that because it is quite exhausting too every single day record a podcast episode it's hard for me to get ahead because i'm working on so many other things but i actually really enjoy this this is a, one of the parts of my business that i am very passionate about i think it's very fun i like having a podcast i like having a following i know people listen to every episode you know the lips in and the place i upload my episodes they track every single stat i know how many people listen to each episode i know which episode are people's favorites it's fun to look at the stats and go wow this is everyone's favorite episode i never would have guessed people is the second P. There has to be an audience and it has to be large enough to sustain you. There are certain markets that are too small to support your business ventures. If you get too, too, too specific in what you work on, you can find there's not enough audience. The second problem is when you go too wide. I want to create the new something that everyone in the entire world is going to want. If your audience targets too wide, you're not going to find true success. My audience for Serve No Master is people my age and older. I'm not targeting people younger than me. For the first time in my life, for the first business project, I'm totally focused on my age and older. I'm really focused on people, I mean, maybe people a little younger, maybe 30 to 50 is really the bandwidth. And I know I have people outside both those ranges. And if you're younger, that's great. And if you're older, that's awesome too. But the main focus of any message, you can't try to appeal to someone who's 20 and someone who's 70 at the same time. They like different things. They have different world experiences. They have different perspectives. They have different cultural references. If I was purely targeting people in their 20s, I would have to tell iCarly jokes and talk about Hannah Montana and whatever other stuff these people liked when they were in high school. For people my age, all my cultural references would be about the 80s. But for people 10 years older than me, those 80s references are totally wasted. I have to find 70s cultural references. So even just thinking about targeting different ages, the way you speak is different. The language you use, the way you communicate, the references, the types of jokes and all these things come together, they matter. So you want to find an audience, it's not everyone. You don't want to try to appeal to everyone. You want to have a specific market that you can name and you don't want to dial it in so small that there's no one there. Most authors and most product creators fail because they target an audience that doesn't exist. They're looking to write the, you know, the great American novel or this amazing story they have within them. A lot of people I talk to, I speak to coaching clients all the time, they have this vision for changing the world. They're like, I want to do this. I want to change the way 
leaders do this. I want to change the way CEOs do that. I want to change the way other coaches do this. They have this really big vision. It's very important to remember their vision is passion. That fits into the passion category. My job when I work with someone, when I'm coaching someone, when I'm consulting with someone is to find the people. That comes from research. I say, I understand what you want to do. Now we have to find those people. We have to connect to a real audience. If you want to change the world and you write the greatest book of all time but no one reads it, then nothing matters. So we have to connect those two things. Find the people, find the audience, find what the people want. And that's purely mechanical. So passion is really driven by artistry and your creativity. Finding the people is driven by research. And then profit is found by science and a little bit of math. We want something that people will pay for. There are many products that people want to use but not pay for. It's very, very hard to get me to pay for a WordPress plugin. There are millions of free plugins out there, literally millions if you go to the WordPress directory. If you look at the software WordPress, which most blogs in the world are built on, there's so many plugins. To convince me that I should pay for a plugin is very difficult because I perceive this type of technology as something that's not payable. I feel I see it as something that's free because so much of the market's free. Now there are certainly plugins that people have spent a long time developing. They're amazing, they're very powerful technology that are worth money. But they have to really work hard to convince me that they're worth money. And you'll discover in different markets there are certain things that people don't perceive as worth a lot of money or as worth valuable things. You can put a lot of effort into it, but if it's a market where there's tons of other free stuff, where most of your competition is free, it's very hard to make profit. This is where that third P comes in. There are certain markets on Amazon where all of the books are 99 cents. If I try to enter one of those markets in my book, $799.99, I have to work really hard to convince people that my book is worth way more than the competition. Here's why. I have to work to push my book up and explain what makes it so great. If you have to educate your market in any way, you are going to struggle. Informing a market is one step in the sales process. I have a great product that can solve your problem. But if you have to convince people of one, you have a problem. Two, I have a solution. Three, you should pay more for my solution even though other solutions are free. That's a lot more work. I don't like to enter markets like that and you shouldn't either. Don't give yourself extra work. You might be driven by passion, but if all of your competition is free or so low priced you can't compete, you're gonna really struggle. You don't wanna put yourself in a situation where you're pinned against the wall, where you have to charge a low price to compete. Very difficult. This again comes from research, but it also comes from applying science to research, looking at the numbers, looking at how large the market is, what type of money they make, all of these different things. I watch one of those TV shows. You know, I love to reference different TV shows. I used to watch it now. It's gotten too ridiculous, but there's a TV show where a guy goes, finds a failing bar, and helps them turn everything around. Now, I don't watch the show anymore because it's gotten so fake and so scripted, but the beginning is all science. And he starts by looking at how many people live within five miles of this location. What are their demographics? And what's interesting is the number of people that will put up a singles bar in a neighborhood where 90% of the people are married with kids, or they put up a parent-style bar next to a college. If you don't do the research, you can destroy yourself. Think about that. They have a bar in a neighborhood where people want to buy drinks, but simply because they designed it in the wrong way, they don't get any audience. It doesn't make any sense. Little mistakes in the research phase can destroy you. That's why before you anything else, you want to do a great deal of research. Just last night, I finished a new product I've been working on for a while now. It's something I envisioned about a month ago. I've spent so much time on it. It's one of the longest, one of the largest products I've ever built because I spent so much time and it's designed in a completely different way. It's very interactive, I'm very excited about it. I've been working on my blueprints for a while. I've mentioned them here and there. 
I finished them last night and I sent the first login link to the lady that helps with my emails to look through it and say, hey, did I miss anything? Are there any broken links? Did it, is there anything wrong with the content? Is it good enough to show to people? I always like to show it to a few inner circles. Once the people that work for me, my intern, my VAs, my email person, the people in my circle that we work together have all looked at and said it's all okay, they check for mistakes, then I'll start showing it to my trusted reviewers, fans of this podcast, fans of my website who have reviewed things in the past and give me really good advice or really good feedback. But it all started from research. I didn't just have this idea. I saw similar businesses creating similar products and I studied their business model and said this would be really valuable to my audience. This would really make sense. So that's been my structure. I looked at what someone else was doing and I studied how they're doing it and how I can implement the same idea. Once you really done the right research and said, I have an audience, I'm passionate about this topic, and I know that money can be made here. Other companies in this space are making money selling something similar, and my research shows that there's enough money in this space for me to thrive. Then you go into the creation, the project phase, and there's many phases to a project. So when I want to create a product, you know, there's the product creation phase, and you have to create all the sales elements, the copy, that's copywriting, which we've talked about in a previous episode. There's several blog posts that teach how to become a copywriter. All of those things, that's one element. Create the product, then create the sales stuff. Then you have to create all the technology. It's another phase. Then you have to create all of the emailing technology, all the emails you're gonna send. Then you have to figure out how you're gonna find traffic. So you have to go through all these different phases when you're launching a large project. And I right now have simply finished my research and then finished creating the first phase of the product. Now, later today after I record this podcast, I'll go into the copywriting phase where I can explain what the product is, explain why it's so valuable, explain why blueprints are a great way to kickstart your business. And I put a lot of effort into the product. They're very valuable. So I know exactly what's great about them, how they can really help your business, how they can help you get started. They're really designed for someone who's never done anything online yet to make money very, very quickly. I wanted to find something that I could create that would be super valuable and super inexpensive. And coming up with that idea, I built and put together something that I'm very excited about. So once I complete the copywriting phase, then I have to figure out my traffic strategy. And I have a couple of ideas in place. I'm gonna implement and of course share, uh, share the product with people that follow podcasts, with blog post readers, with people that buy my different books on Amazon. I already have a bit of an audience, but I also wanna think about, am I going to start running more paid traffic, run ads on Facebook? Am I going to open it up to joint venture partners, people that become my affiliates and send me traffic? I probably will. And if I'm gonna let affiliates send me traffic, then I have to do a lot to help them. I have to create articles they can send traffic to. I have to create banner ads and email templates, all the things they need, all the resources that affiliates need to be really successful. And probably I have to create an entire training course to help affiliates be successful. All of these different things. What I wanna share with you more than anything is that building a project, it's not quick and it's not easy. When you do the research right and you know there's light at the end of the tunnel, that's how you stay motivated, that's how you keep your passion engine flowing. Many people, they give up too soon and I don't want you to do that. If you have a good idea, if you have a good project, then you wanna see it through to completion. Now you'll notice whenever I describe projects and plans and things we could do together, I'm never talking about you spending large sums of money. I never push you in that direction. If you're working on a project that's costing a lot of money, that's a completely different mindset. If you're spending $1,000 a week or $10,000 a month, like many uh, large scale businesses, or if you're trying to build something physical, that's not what I'm talking about because that's not my market. My world is you spend very little money before you start making money. That's how I approach everything. So. Don't give up too soon. If you're not spending a lot of money, you're only investing time. Many people get a project 90% of the way there and quit. I have several friends that do this all the time. Every month they're on a new project. I'm like, why don't you just stay with one? 
your last idea was a really good one. Why don't you stick with it? And they say, oh, it didn't make any money. And I say, yeah, well, stuff doesn't make money in the first month all the time. That's such an online expectation, isn't it? When you build a store, you don't expect it to make money the first month. You expect it to take three to five years. Same thing with a bar. They usually take three to five months to become profitable. But for some reason, we build a business online and want to make money in the first month. And I, I do very well online. I've been a combination of a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, but a little bit of serendipity has also entered the picture. And I'm very good at what I do. And I'm very good at the projects I work on, but I never expect to make money in the first month from a project that's just too fast. I'm not that quick. I told you, a month ago I started working on this project, my new Blueprints project. It's not ready yet. It's, it's just a month of product development, coming up with idea, research. And I only yesterday finally drew out, I drew a graph of my funnel, my plan for how much this part will cost, how the traffic will work, how we can invite in traffic. I drew a graph to send to my email lady again. She really looks at stuff for me from a different angle and helps me. And I have lots of people on my team I do. I love to get feedback from different people and see how different people perceive things. I already showed the funnel to one of my other business partners and getting a little feedback really helps. So I'm only at that phase. All I have done is a completed product and a little drawing. And I draw it on the computer so it looks okay, it looks kind of cool, but I just use this little graphics program. Do not give up on yourself too soon. Many people, even people who follow me in this, I try everything I can to overcome this for my followers is they will buy one of my courses, go through a plan, do 90% of the work, they'll write their entire book for Amazon, get the cover done, everything, and then they never upload it. We get to that last point where it goes from idea to reality and it's scary. Because if you give up on your project before you release it, before you put it for sale, then you haven't failed. You've just decided it wasn't for you or you have these other names for it. But when you release a book on Amazon and no one buys it, that feels like a failure. So we get scared in that last 10% of the project because fear of rejection is a very powerful fear. And I've shared with you many stories and many previous episodes about dealing with being alone, dealing with depression, dealing with rejection and bad reviews, and even dealing with hate mail. I've even dealt with people posting my home address and home addresses of my relatives online. All of those fears we have, yeah, there, there is a reality, but it doesn't matter. Who cares if someone 5,000 miles away doesn't like me? I get the occasional bad review. Someone once compared reading one of my books to drinking Kool-Aid. And they were referencing someone whose followers were all poisoned when they drank poison Kool-Aid in South America. Fun, thank you. You know, it's a hurtful review. And I remember, I remember because it was so creative. I, I have to admit, even though the person didn't like me, they did write a creative review and I can respect that. At least they took the time to write something pretty eloquent. And it allows me to reference it all the time. But you're gonna get those bad reviews, but what you'll discover is that you're a lot stronger than you ever realized. You can endure and overcome so much more than you ever thought you could. All of the adversity that you're afraid of facing, those bad reviews, it turns out once you get one, you go, oh, it's not that bad, I can handle it. You can handle things that you never thought you were, you never thought you were capable of. Now, when you're designing the sales component of your product, when you're still in that research phase, there are three key questions that will really help you to check to see if you're on the right path. And the first is, would I buy this? When you're making a product, when you're making your sales materials, you have to ask that question very seriously. 99% of independent authors who post Amazon post covers that are garbage, like stinking, wet, hot, summer garbage that's been out for two months because the garbage collectors are on strike. And if you were to ask those people, hey, would you buy this book? At first, because we're all delusional, they say, of course I would. It's the greatest book ever written in the world. But the real question is, would you buy this book if you hadn't written it, if you didn't know, if it was just something you saw? That's the real question. And most of people say, no, this cover looks like garbage. We cut these corners. We expect our audience to buy something that we never would. 
So check yourself in that way. I had a vision for my Blueprints product that it would be a certain size. It's now more than double that. The, the content in there is huge. I always overstuff the value because that's important to me. I want to give as much value as possible because if I'm buying something, I want massive value. I, I hate when I buy something, I go, oh, this isn't that great. I was on the phone with someone who was, we were talking about whether or not they want to work with me on an advanced coaching project to launch some of their books. And he said to me, you just told me all your secrets in this phone call. You taught me how to fish. Why would I want to hire you? And I said, you don't need to. In fact, if you want to know more, go by Breaking Orbit, where I break down a lot of what I talk to you on the phone. I don't have hidden material. I don't need to take on coaching clients. I keep a very small group for a very specific reason. I don't like to get overcrowded, but I thought it was such an interesting question. Like the perception that the only way to get someone to buy a more higher ticket products is to have a secret to hide things in your lower products. That's not my business model at all. The real value of getting coaching for me and working for me and launching projects and being a part of my high level of program is the feedback you get. It's where I look at your cover and go, no, you made a mistake here. I look at your design and say, no, this is wrong. I look at the different pieces. That's really where the value comes from. It's the feedback element. For me, learning how to write books on Amazon and learning how to break into that market, I also hired a coach that can answer a lot of my questions. That's how we really, really learn things. Understanding the value of your products is very important. So ask yourself, would I buy this? And then ask yourself, why? Why would I buy this? Why do I want to buy this type of thing? And the more you ask yourself why, so maybe you see my product on how to write books for Kindle, and you go, well, why do I want to buy this? Oh, I want to learn how to buy, write books. Why? Well, I want to be successful as an author. Why? I want to be famous. Why? I want to make money, enough money to support my family. Suddenly, if we ask why enough times, you start to get to what you should put into your sales letters because you're answering the final question. Instead of starting at question one, you start at question four. Learn how to write books to make enough money to support your family. Learn how to generate a revenue stream so you don't have to go back to work. That's where the real value is, and I know that because I connect to my and I connect with my audience. So perform the research, ask yourself these questions, and the final question is, why do I need this? Why do I need this product at all? So you want to ask kind of a big picture question, and the answer to that question is very important. You want to give people what they want. I talk a lot about asking your audience questions, surveying your audience, and I send out questions sometimes to ask you, do you like this product? No, why do you hate it? Those questions are very valuable. Find out what your audience wants to learn how to do and then teach them. The more you give people what they want, the easier it is to succeed. It's very hard to make a product and hope people like it. But if you know what they want first and then give them what they want, then you'll be very, very successful. That's why choosing the right project can unlock amazing financial opportunities. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Join me on my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash serve no master.